0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: He was pretty emotional uh, and and uh, devastated that that could be the way it's finished. It certainly sounded like he'd, he'd made the call. I said, you know, we just have a sleep on it and we'll get up and have a chat this morning and I went to his place this morning. He had a good night's sleep. He felt a lot better today. He said, I'm done.
2: That's emotional Sydney Swans coach John Longmire announcing that Lance Buddy Franklin has retired, effective immediately. When the coach's voice cracks, you know it's a big deal. A calf injury against Essendon at the weekend has ended our Lance Franklin era, an Indigenous boy from regional WA who scaled the heights of AFL-mad Melbourne and then grew the game's influence in Sydney and New South Wales. He departs with so much achieved and a few questions lingering. How will fans assess his impact and legacy? How will he be remembered? And what comes next for Australian sport's shyest superstar? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Brett Sprigg is the ABC's AFL lead caller in Sydney. Spriggy, why has Lance Franklin retired with four games still remaining in the home and away season of 2023?
0: Pretty simple, Stacky. He pinged his calf in the most recent game against Essendon. Buddy Franklin out of the game.
2: He's sitting in the back row. He's just been subbed out. We believe he's mouthed the word calf.
0: What have you done, calf? It looks like.
1: I got some news last night. I guess that, you know after he had his scan, it was probably going to be a sort of a six-week type scenario. Uh, with his calf, six to eight, maybe.
0: There was a a growing amount of fascination around what he would do next. And I think while most of us thought at 36, this would be his final year, there was sort of talk growing in recent weeks around whether he would continue his career at the Swans if they would let him or go somewhere else, like a Gold Coast, for example, which would be incredible if if that's what eventually. But I think this injury now has, has forced his hand and that's why he's hanging out the boots and he has already played his last game of AFL football.
2: Do you think he was always going to retire at the end of the season or did this just tip the scales a little bit?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. People refer to a calf being an old man injury or an old player's injury. And uh, I guess it's, it's indicative of the fact that, you know, these issues, these injuries are going to happen. The fact of the matter is, I think he was considering playing on. It did surprise me to learn in recent weeks that he hadn't yet made a decision or at least was pushing back on the Swans' suggestion that they expected him to retire. So I think, as I say, there was growing fascination around his next move. But an injury like this probably reminds him that at 36, going on 37 next year, the time is right to hang up the boots and, uh, and secure his legacy as one of the all-time greats.
2: Quite interesting he didn't actually address the media. Why did he not front? What is the conduit to his many fans?
0: Uh, he's just a, a shy guy. It is one of those interesting figs. He's always been rather enigmatic. Uh, he lets his football do the talking.
1: He just doesn't like these situations, and I guess it's, um, you have to respect that because you know, he's been a superstar of the game. He's in the situation where he's, he's most comfortable out in the footy ground.
0: He bends it back and he's got it! (laughs) But
1: he kicks it all up
0: 60 metres! he's always been you know the sort of person to to shy away from from press conferences you would think that for something like a retirement uh, that that is the time he would he would come out and, and speak uh, about that i'm not exactly sure uh, why uh, we'd have to ask him which of course we, we can't um, <laughs> as to why he hasn't fronted up uh, at his retirement press conference but yeah maybe we'll learn more in the coming days uh, around that but he's always been the, the type to shy away from from those sorts of things
2: Let's dig into legacy sort of areas. At the time of his signing, it was seen as a pretty audacious play from the Swans, You know, bordering on reckless, I think, in many circles. It was viewed that way. How do you think we assess the Lance Franklin era
0: at the Swans? End of 2013, he just wins his second premiership with Hawthorne. Cleared
2: by Birchall outside the 50. Roughhead gathers at halfback. Puts the hand pass out in front for Franklin. Dawson comes the other way and gives him the shoulder the siren
0: signals a premiership for the Hawks. And I think most of us thought okay well nine years, that is extraordinary he'll be 35, he's not going to be able to make it to the end of that deal much less you sort of fast forward to now, he got one more on top of that and was contemplating playing on into next year, 2024 as well. It's it, always that fascinating thing around the, the Sydney Swans era and as to whether not getting a premiership um, during his time is it a failure? There were still you know a couple of grand final appearances that three in fact in his time at the Swans, of course they lost to Hawthorne the following year in 2014, his first year at Sydney but what he did for football in the Harbour City and yeah it's been sort of 40 years or so now of the Sydney Swans um, or the Swans in Sydney and maybe the fans don't necessarily need a draw card like that but he certainly did
1: help. Lance when he came here was, um, he went to another level Um, I first got a a bit of a sense of what we're in for when our first training session there was a couple of helicopters circling. <laughs> up above and I thought this is a bit different
0: A name like Lance Franklin, who already was at the apex of his game during his move to Sydney, does bring in extra corporate support, does bring in more casual fans, and brings a spotlight to football in Sydney um, at a time when they had a competitor across the way there in GWS. Not forgetting as well, Stacky, that GWS almost secured him themselves. I think his legacy as a Swans player, eight-time All-Australian across his career, seven-time leading goal kicker at Sydney, and he had six at Hawthorne. So he'll finish having played more of his career or more of his years in Sydney not quite as many games, owing to the fact he missed uh, large parts of 2020 and 2021. But certainly, uh, I think his legacy overall is, is one of the all-time greats. And uh, the Sydney Swans are, are a key part of that.
2: The critics will say that there's unfinished business, that the failure to win a premiership is the only metric that should matter. Are they kind of having the wrong conversation there? Or do you buy into that sort of side of the argument that is inevitably going to be had in pubs, cafes, Twitter, you name it?
0: No, I think you have to understand how how Aussie rules in Sydney works. There are other metrics to gauge success, as you well know as well, Patrick. And and the reality is a lot of clubs don't win a premiership. They're hard to win. You aren't guaranteed to win one just by virtue of signing one player. So as much as we thought it would make the Sydney Swans a force, I think three grand final appearances in his time at the club is certainly above average. You're not guaranteed to win them once you get there. So uh, while it might be sort of so close yet so far, I'd say overall, uh, all things considered, Lance Franklin's career in the Harbour City was still a success.
2: There's few people than you who have watched more Lance Franklin. You've had the privilege of watching a lot of Buddy Franklin. Is there a moment in his red and white colours that you can think of that really stands out to you as, wow, that really electrified
0: uh, Aussie rules fans in the Harbour City? Oh, look, his electrifying moments weren't limited to his time in Sydney, but certainly focusing on the Swans, that the 1,000 was, was such a moment. He steps forward now. I mean, round two of last year. It was just extraordinary. He's done it! A legend joins the immortals and achieves a feat we'll likely never see again. And the fans have rushed the SCG. To see the fans swarm the Sydney cricket ground, the build-up to it was immense. And when that moment happened, that release, and everyone celebrating with him, he was in many ways a people's champion. As much as he was sort of quite shy and didn't enjoy the public life, that moment was just something I don't think we'll see, but we'll see again. And even this year as well, when he went past Doug Wade to be fourth all time. I mean, it's it's Lockett, Coventry, Dunstall and Franklin. That's your Rushmore, if you like, of the, AFL, the AFL's greatest goal kickers. And that won't change. We will not see someone kick a 1,000 goals plus for potentially not ever... So I think those couple of moments, and there were moments in recent games where his his pressure acts were pretty good and and he was sort of, you know, his score involvements, he was sort of dishing off a bit more and and getting back to a bit of that. You know, the question around whether the Sydney forward line would work with him at the age of 36, 37, how does he sort of fit? Well, going forward, uh, clearly that decision is now known. He won't be there. There have been some great moments, uh, Stacky. And uh, I think, as I say, uh, Sydney fans and Hawthorne fans alike will remember uh, Buddy Franklin very fondly.
2: We frequently hear two things about Franklin. One, he's very, very shy. The other is that he loves footy. He's obsessed with it. John Longmire calls him a footy head. If you put those two things together, what do you think he does
0: next? I don't know. I Genuinely, he's such, a, as I say, an enigmatic person. It's hard to really understand. I, I think about you know his, his shyness and the fact that a player like Tony Lockett, who also had the second half of his career in Sydney, sort of withdrew from public life and has been very reclusive, but wasn't. That same sort of footy brain, that same football nuff, if you like. So for Lance Franklin, whether it's you know involved in coaching on some level, whether it's you know mentoring young first nations players in particular, or something like that, I'm sure that's something that's very close to his heart as well. I'd love to know what his plans are going forward. Whether it's to stay on in Sydney or go to, to Queensland, where I know his uh, his in-laws, uh, his wife Jacinta has family, or or back to WA potentially as well. I, I genuinely have no idea. Hopefully, we find out more in the coming weeks and months. Lots of questions.
2: Not a whole lot of answers from you or I, but that is the wonderful, enigmatic beauty of Lance Buddy Franklin. It's been a joy to watch his career. Brett Sprigg, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Dacky. A side note, pre-headlines, it's been a big year for calf injuries. Franklin, Sam Kerr, Nathan Lyon, Luttrell Mitchell, a herd of calves. Headlines, the final men's ashes test will resume on a knife edge with Australia needing 249 runs for victory on the last day and England needing 10 wickets as both sides chase victory at the Oval. David Warner and Usman Khawaja will resume at the crease with the tourists none for 135 It's also the final day of Stuart Broad's test career, which means one final instalment of Broad versus Warner for all the marbles. Catch it live on the ABC Listener. The Dolphins have finished the Swimming World Championships with an astonishing... 13 gold medals as they topped the meet. The United States were six gold medals adrift in second. It's Australia's equal best ever world champs effort. We can't wait for Paris. And rugby league legend Wally Lewis has revealed he has been diagnosed with the early stages of CTE. Lewis had noticed his memory was deteriorating and sought the opinion of Dr Rowena Mobs who made the diagnosis. The Queenslander spoke to Channel 9 about the difficulty of receiving the news but also said Would I change a thing? No, I would not. I loved the game that I played. I felt privileged to have played it and to have been given that chance. Anything I can pass on to anyone else, certainly it is well and truly worthwhile. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.